It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> and I am Robert M. Price. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray. Hi, I'm Karen Lumley Care. Hi, I'm Aaron Roy. Hi, I'm Marissa Alexa McCool. Hi, I'm Jerry DeWitt. Hi, this is David Smalley from Dogma Debate. Hi, this is Dan Barker. Hi, I'm John McComb from The John McComb Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Drance. Hi, I'm Richard Carrier. Hi, I'm Rhonda Tyson. Hi, I'm Seth Andrews. I'm host of The Thinking Atheist. Hey, guys, I'm Kara Santa Maria. Hi, I'm David Fitzgerald. Hi, I'm Brian Keith Dalton. Hi, this is Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Distance, and we took a left of the valley. We did take a left of the valley. And a wrong turn in Albuquerque. And then like, the left of the valley goes right to a glory hole. It goes like, <laughs> right to a glory hole. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. You just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Coming at you from Dante's Inferno This is Left of the Valley My name is Kevin and my doctor told me I should stop exercising until I get in better shape <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team That you can trust like your calculator Yes, you can count on them Oh, that's an abacus, isn't it? <laughs> she said the universe is expanding. That should help with traffic congestion. Nancy. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well done. And as a young man, he's been picked up so often, he now has handles. Scott. <laughs> All right, that's mean. That's just mean. They're known as love handles, okay? I wouldn't go there. <laughs> and drawing on a fine command of the English language, she said nothing, Christina. <laughs> That's hard for you, isn't it? <laughs> She's struggling so hard right now. <laughs> and she likes to cook with wine. Sometimes she even adds it to the food. Kirsten. <laughs> I think you have us mixed up. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, an interesting show today because uh, actually we're not doing a typical show. Uh, this is uh, actually what we'd call a bonus show, right? Uh-huh. We're having a bonus uh-huh. show this week because we have a very special guest. We have a friend of the show. We have actually Brad Dirks. That's right. I know for some reason I always want to say, I say Brad Burks. You're Brad Burks today, Brad. No, you're Brad Dirks is with us. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great because we we have a guest actually in the studio. Yeah, he hasn't gone out the door yet. I know, and and the studio just rivals CBC and all of its accoutrements, so it's really special. Hey, hey, I don't think CBC has homemade cookies. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Got a point there. Yeah. Actually, the the show we're doing there, we're talking about Soji123. Brad Brad, uh, uh, came to us uh, because he listened to one of our shows we did when we had Dr. Drance and Dr. uh, Del Ray. We talked about the whole Soji versus Barry Newfeld. And Brad has been right in the middle of the fight. 
So we get in touch, and he's here to tell his story today, and we're going to do that a bit later. But before we do that, we got a couple of things to take care of. Hey, we received a letter, so... Oh, a letter? Oh, oh, no. This is to the show that know. they know how to read and write. <laughs> wow. This is lovely lady. Her, her name is Jessica. We're not going to mention her last name. And she had a bit of a point that she uh, she was... Uh, when One of her last show, or last show, actually, she said... Uh, Hey guys, great show. There's only one detail, though, I'd like to challenge you on. Please go back to what you said about offense during the last minute and imagine the following. You are now talking about one abused woman who stands up and complains in the face of an entire congregation who thinks she's just claiming an outrageous nonsensical privilege. But the things you say still hold. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for, for, the, for the input. Uh, what Jessica is basically saying is, at the end of our talk, if you remember, and I mentioned something to the effect of, you know what, you have no right to be not offended. And I said, you know, tough it up too, bu- too much. And she's pointing out, she's making a, a very valid point, actually, that if you ha- adopt that attitude, you may easily go and dismiss a claim that might have some validi- validi- validity. Thank you. Validity to it. <laughs> so, and th- I think she makes a very good point. And uh, th- je- thank you so much, Jessica, for pointing that out. So. No, it's always great when we have listeners write it, write in, and then we can discuss it and and appreciate the fact that they're listening and they're that fully engaged. Thanks a lot. Exactly, we appreciate yeah, exactly. It. that's awesome. So yeah, we yeah. do we do listen to our listeners. And she she makes a very good point, and I thank her so much for it. Yeah, to the point, and she's also she happens to be a therapist. Oh, and uh, who knows? We might actually bring her on the show because she talks a lot about uh, reconstruction bonds and stuff like that, and, and you know, we'll wow. see if we can bring her on the show. So yeah, that sounds interesting. Very good. Uh, so we're not going to do our usual chit-chat, and we're not going to do our top ten, but we have to do our segment that we always love. What is it called? Another Brilliant Moment, brought to you by religion. Yeah, right. <laughs> Brad, feel free to jump in as much as you want or as little as you want on this. <laughs> um, okay. Did you guys hear that uh, there's a an Oregon judge who, among several other offenses, refused to marry some same-sex couple, and he has been suspended for three years without pay by the Supreme Court? I just God. read the headline, but I didn't read any of the details. How could he do that? He's he's a judge that is who's he's paid for by the government yeah. where it's legal. Well, this is how he did it. In his capacity as a judge, uh, his name is uh, where is it? His name is Day. His last name. I'm trying to find his, last, his first name. Anyway, he instructed his staff to screen couples seeking to marry according to court documents, and if they were of the same sex, his staff members were to report that Day was unavailable. Oh my gosh, oh, underhanded. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. So oh. these staff, the ruling states, knew that that he thought a marriage should be permitted only between opposite sex couples based on his own sincere and firmly held religious belief. So in other words, as well, <laughs> I'm sick all the time, I'm not feeling well, I can't marry you because you guys are the same sex. That's basically... Oh, man. Boo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, the Oregon three, Supreme three Court... Three years, huh? Yeah. They found that, that uh, with these actions, they willfully manifested to his staff a bias against same-sex couple that undermined public trust in a fair and impartial judiciary. No shit. Yeah. Couldn't, they couldn't just fire him? Um, hmm. That's, was he an elected judge where he couldn't be fired? In the States, that's the thing. Right? Yeah. They were elected, right? Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why. He was elected, but they could take him off the bench, <laughs> yeah, so to could. speak, and um, with no like pay. It. So that sounds like a pretty good punishment to me. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. Where's my other story? Um, <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Uh, unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week, um, Stephen Hawking passed away. Well, according to the lead editor of the conservative Christian PNN News, news uh, website, 
the late physicist Stephen Hawking was kept alive by satanic forces. Oh my gosh, I heard about this. <laughs> what? And it was done to oppose Billy Graham's teachings. What? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> appearing on the radio show hosted by Trump-supporting Pastor Carl Gallup, the editor of the End Time blog outlined his outlandish theory. So he says, so, quote, in 1942, this is when Billy Graham's ministry really takes off. And who do you think was born in 1942? A billion people, I guess. But no, no, no. <laughs> uh... The famous physicist was born that same year, Stephen Hawking. So Stephen Hawking comes from a line of atheists, his father and all these people. So I believe the devil said, okay, this guy was just born, I'm going to use this guy. The guy is already primed to accept my message that there is no God. He's already primed for it. He's going to be awash, immersed in atheism. All his years as a child, I'm going to take over this guy's life. So does that mean the devil's stronger than God? Because he can choose, like, pick people and be like, oh, I'm going yeah. to... God can't touch you. <laughs> Genius people. He continues, says, I believe Stephen Hawking was kept alive by demonic forces. Um, he's referring, of course, to Hawking's ALS. I believe... Because technology is demonic. Yes. <laughs> See, I believe that was the demonic realm that kept the man alive as a virtual vegetable his entire life, just so he could spread this message that there is no God. Oh. When, <laughs> when, when, when what do you do people like that, right? When, when Hitchens died, was there the same outcry that, no, there was a last-minute conversion? Yes. And, do you, when, I mean, when atheists who are in the public eye yes. die, is that, is that the rally cry immediately no no it's a it, la- it was a bed bedside conversion at the last minute oh, they always do that yeah, it was the do. same th- every every famous relatively famous atheist has a story yeah. pulled out right away right away uh, Hitchens when Hitchens died there was a lot of stories that uh, oh god finally punished him because he was such a great orator but and yeah. he had throat so, cancer so at this time I'd like to make an offer to any of the religious people out there who happen to be listening to this station if you really feel that you know technology was the way that the demons kept uh, kept Mr. Hawking alive our, our great Professor, um, you can send all of your electronics <laughs> to me. I'll, I'll take them off your hands because I'm an atheist and I don't care. And we're already <laughs> infected. <laughs> I, I, I take iPhones. I take Androids. I take computers. It's all right. Send you take it all. Massacre too. I'll, I'll take it all off your hands, and you don't have to worry about them pesky demons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like uh, remember when Pat Robertson had this uh, stupid thing saying if you go into the thrift store and you buy yes. a photo frame oh my you have to bless it because there are demons hiding the photo yep. frame <laughs> no, I, I keep a vial of holy water in my pocket and yeah spray the computer with holy water that can't be good that just can't be good well, you, 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 you dry the water <laughs> Well, thank you, guys. I just wanted to do a quick thing on that because there's been so many stupid stories like that. And, you know, one show was just not enough to cover all of this stuff. All right. So now let's talk to Brad. Brad. Hello there. How yeah. you doing? I'm doing well. We haven't scared you away so far? No. Excellent. <laughs> Good bunch of people. <laughs> As he says that huddle in the corner. <laughs> Brad. You know, uh, maybe you'll be so kind to introduce yourself to the audience and say exactly, tell, tell us your story, because you have a pretty fascinating story. You'd be kind of thrusted in the middle of the public eye and the whole Soji 123, and uh, you're almost like the, the, the champion of this side, I guess. Well, I would have to say going back to September this past year, 
um, I was just a father supporting his son who happens to be transgender and helping him go through school and just basically get himself adapted and things are going really really well and I live out in Langley and I've grown up in Langley and lived there for 45 years and I run my business there and I, life was just good. I thought that things were going great and then all of a sudden I start hearing about, you know, there's a movement and there's an agenda with some certain groups of people that are spreading lies and misinformation about what it means to be a transgender person or what gender identity is and they started opposing um, a policy that was being in, um, in included in schools, an inclusion policy called SOGI123. Uh, SOGI stands for Sexual Orientation Gender Identity. And once in that policy, that that um, part of that addition to the curriculum was was making my son's school life so positive. You know, he's he's being accepted by staff. He's being included with other students, and he's basically being treated like a normal kid. And when I knew that there was opposition to that, it really got me thinking, like, what what could be wrong with that? And that's kind of where I started to use my story and my voice to kind of come out to to try to share some truth and point people in the right direction where to get truth and try to drown out some of the misinformation and that's kind of what's landed me here today hmm okay so now you've been doing the rounds all over the media you've been on CKNW you've been on TED Talk and uh yeah <laughs> so elaborate on the story I mean you, you basically sure. I mean it was a bit of a nutshell there but how did it all begin really yeah, well, um, so initially I, I knew that there was going to be a, a positive um, rally for LGBTQT people um, at the Langley School Board meeting in mid-September. So I'd never done a rally. I've never been an activist or an advocate or anything. So I was like, okay, let's get some poster board from the dollar store and let's make our, our rainbow sign. And uh, I made a rainbow sign on one side. On the other side, I had the transgender flag and my kids and I um, and their mother went to the, the rally and we just basically walked around the street corner in, in support of it. Mm-hmm. That was my very first out doing anything. And the I had done a local um, interview with one of the local Langley papers. It was either the Langley Advance or the Times sharing a little bit about my story the day or two before that leading up to the rally so it got my name got passed around with certain media outlets and global news was on site and wanted to talk to myself and wanted to interview my son so we did that and that kind of is really what brought us out there in the public eye i mean at that point i'm i'm not a public person i'm not a public personality i'm just a dad sharing a bit of his story but that was my first kind of outing um as far as being a voice and in showing support there's a lot of other parents and families like mine mm-hmm. who you know they're they're afraid to take that step to put themselves out there to have their kids basically be outed a little if you if you could say that yeah, absolutely. because um they've seen what's happened to me since i've done that they've seen some of the backlash that i've taken um ironically when people attack and assault me on social media calling me everything from a child abuser because i support my son calling my son and children like mine mentally ill you know when you see that and your name is even tagged in it and you stand up for yourself as any parent would right um they reverse it and they call me the bully yeah and they victim and victim shame me as if me standing up for myself I'm the bad guy or I'm the bully which is kind of weird because if you think about it in schoolyard terms if if a bully picks on somebody and that person stands up for themselves who's the bully it's still the bully right yeah and we encourage people to stand up for themselves but um, sometimes they like to you know they like to continue to discredit and, and tear people like myself and families like mine down but you know 
they they kind of picked on the wrong person because I've continued to to stand up for myself, my family, my my kid, and families like mine. Brad, Brad, you, you're not you're not understanding here, buddy. You're supposed to bend over. You're supposed to lie down, be sheepish, and let them steamroll over you. <laughs> well, you're not following the plan here, buddy. No, unfortunately, get they, with the program. They met their match. <laughs> Defending your child. Who the hell is this in this day and age? Yeah, I apparently, yeah, apparently, I, you know, and there's been times where. They use social media really heavily, so I'll be out there monitoring some of the stuff in the past, what was being said about trans youth and about transgender people and gender identity, and and I would see people just in our communities posting publicly on social media really horrible things about the LGBTQT community, especially transgender people, and I would find that you could debate them, you could go back and forth, and then they would call that harassing, so that I would be labeled, I'd be harassing these people now for debating them or for standing up against the things that they're saying yeah and some of them were business owners running businesses in our communities and serving people that probably have a good close to 10 percent of them are either in that community or have a family member that is so you know i wrote uh, two reviews in total <laughs> about hey Thank you for actually at least using your real identity in your face for for and owning what you really feel about this community, but know that owning a business or you know that some of your clients might be part of that community too. So I never lambasted these businesses or owners. Mm-hmm. I was just simply calling out like when you're going publicly and sharing this for the world to see, know that you have clients that probably aren't going to be so happy with that. And again, that. I was the bully again. I'm the I'm the person who is attacking these people and harassing them. And wow. it just doesn't really work that way. If you're going to go publicly on social media and discriminate and spread hate speech and lies about a group of people, then you need to be prepared that you're going to have a little bit of backlash coming at you, I would have to say. Isn't that exactly the problem? They have a tendency to feel that because it's social media and because it's done behind a computer screen, somehow it's not public? Yeah. It's like, no, no, it is very public. Well, and I find a lot of people think that because they have a right to... uh, free Not to the same extent America has the right to free free speech, but they think that they can say what they want but have no social backlash. Like, no, you can say things, but... People hear that and will act accordingly. You can't be arrested most of the time, but other people in society can react however they want. Exactly. We don't have freedom of speech the way that they do in the States. Just Mm -hmm. like you said, we have freedom of expression. And it doesn't give you immunity to consequences if you violate someone else's rights. And that's kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Enticing hate, stuff like that. I think think a lot of Canadians are completely unaware of that because we got so much American media in our our everyday life. We think, oh, freedom of speech, speech, right? It's like, for example, somebody as simple as the the Miranda rights. That's an American thing. We don't have that here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not the exact same thing. But people think that because, you know, we see that every day on television, we have the exact same thing. Um, I got to ask, your son. Yep. Uh, how is he doing? Because son, I think that's very good. important. You know, in the beginning in September, I was, I'm again, just a supportive dad. People didn't know me from anybody. So who is this guy? Um, so I, I had to basically show that I, I have some skin in the game. I know what I'm talking about. I've been through this for quite a few years now. So, you know, my son was interested in, in doing a couple media appearances locally in the paper and, um, and did a, a national newspaper interview and stuff. So he's done his part. He's back now um, more interested in just being a teen. He's back. He doesn't really want the limelight or the attention because he's got his, so he's focusing on grade 11. Of course. He's got his friends. His teachers totally are awesome. Reasonable. Yeah. So I, I'm continuing on with his blessing talking from the perspective of a father I'm not really going to 
you know, dwell too much on him specifically, but basically not, people know now who I am and know that I know what I'm talking about and I'm prepared to spread truth and direct people to credible, factual, medical, scientific information and yeah. try to steer people away from the misinformation and the fake news and the lies that are continually being spread. And, you know, there's there's three groups of of people in the community out there. There's people like me who already kind of know what's going on and I'm familiar with this because I'm living it. There's people on the opposite end that are familiar with, I think, the truth, but choose to spread lies and misinformation on purpose. And then there's the regular parents and citizens and, and community members in the middle that don't might might not know much about this that are just looking for information. And unfortunately, the loud minority sometimes are louder than than people like myself mm. be, and they get the wrong information and then their minds get skewed and I, and I think if these people in the very far other end of the spectrum really believed in what they're saying and really cared about the people that are listening to them and following them then they would just take a stance and say we just don't like transgender people we don't like gay people we just don't like them and here's and and follow us and 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 don't support them but instead they're they're giving their followers and their listeners lies on purpose to manipulate them yeah, like sheep yeah. and that to me is wrong you, I, how is your how is your son being treated by the teachers uh, in school does he feel supported or do, does he feel as though he's in the middle of something that is just um, you know un, un, unpleasant and he, he looks to you for support well when, when he came to us years ago um, he didn't just come to like a, you know a popular myth is that a child will just choose to change their gender or yeah. it doesn't work that way and I'll get into that in, in a bit but he came to us with confusion and, and a little bit of um, anxiety and confusion about what was going on and through a long term assessment process that is in place in our in our medical system here which I'll describe later um, we, we knew what we were dealing with at, you know about a year later after the assessment process was done so when we approached the school at the beginning of his grade nine year um, we told them that our son is our, our you know our now son um, is going to be starting grade nine as Cole um, they were like awesome what can we do to help what, what do we need to do and now this is before Soji so all the planets had to be aligned right you had to he had to have supportive parents that would go to bat for him who had yeah. the time which a lot of the kids don't. So if he didn't have that, it would have been a, a way different story, right? Mm -hmm. So we dealt with the principal and the counselor, and we to said that we would like to, we had some wishes and some things that they could do to, to help support his, his, um, his school year, which Soji has addressed. But again, before the, the Soji um, initiative, um, we had to really kind of navigate all this with the teachers, with the principal, with the counselors in an, an uncharted territory to a large degree. Um, what we ended up doing, because I'd seen an article on the news, was uh, bringing in this professional speaker from Vancouver who was part of an organization and he goes around and he does talks to, to schools. He came in and he shared with the grades 9s and 10s um, in our theater uh, what it means to be a transgender person, what it doesn't mean, questions you can ask, questions you shouldn't ask, things that are personal, things that are okay. And they just said, this is who he's going to be. And that day, my son stayed home from school. Um, 
the principal was very nervous because he, you know, he said, we're going to get some phone calls from parents of the kids because this is something that there's going to be some backlash. It was absolutely 100% accepted, fine. No parents That's complained. That's so awesome. It went off without a hitch. The students had great questions. It was great. The principal phoned me after and said, dude, that was awesome. I had no idea it was going to be that good. Thank you for, you know, your faith in this, in that idea because it went off great. The kids were so, they absorbed that information and it didn't affect them. My kid came back to school the next day, super nervous. And it was, I was like, hey, Cole, how's it going? Hey, Cole, Pfft. didn't lose a single friend. Went to classes. It was, it was perfect. Aren't That's kids amazing. fantastic? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're so much better than we are. I mean, the yeah. adults are panicking left, right, and center. They have all these stupid preconceived notions, but the kids are just showing us the way. They're Cut. just like, yeah. okay, sure. Yeah. That, that was, uh, yeah. That's uh, awesome. I, I recognize yep. him or her as a person, you know, and that, that's it. That's, that's all my friend. That's my friend. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's cool. So what? Fine, yeah. let's go for a Coke. You know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Brian, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here. For sure. If you don't mind. We need devil's advocate. (laughs) Come on, Brad. Don't you know that Cole's just going through a phase? It's like being goth, right? He's, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of being goth, being gender fluid today is what's in. I mean, what do you say to that? Well, before I had a a son who was transgender, um, I might have been open to that kind of way of thinking as well. Because I would have been probably not through what I've been through, through the children's hospital, the process with our family doctor and the psychologists and the counselor. So I've, I have a very much different level of education now, but I would say to people like that, that a trend is something usually that you choose to adopt in your life that's positive or you're getting something positive out of it, right? Maybe you, you're goth because you want to rebel against your parents or you want to get attention or, or fit into a, a social circle. Um, to choose to change your gender identity or to choose to be a transgender person um, comes with it a massive amount of scrutiny, discrimination, um, hate, and... Probably a lot of rejection as well rejection. from people that you like. Well, at least fear yeah. of rejection. Anxiety, depression in, in when they're not accepted and, and supported in their families or in their social circles or schools. So there is absolutely zero evidence from any peer-reviewed study that suggests that a child chooses to change their gender because it's a trend or a fad um, unless you listen to some of the other side who will steer you to some of the conservative right wing kind of propaganda from some of the sources that if you look into them are really just fake news yeah, yeah exactly. so when when the speaker came and everybody you know realized this is no big deal this is a kid in our school and mm-hmm. it's going to be like everybody else when when did the climate change toward the um the kind of protest that you got from from the, the parents how did how did that come about it was about two years after that Oh, so, that's, that's quite a while. Mm-hmm. So everything was tickety-boo in school yep. until... It, it still is good in his school. Um, in our neighborhood uh, of, of Langley that I live in, he goes to one high school. Things are great. I've met parents at support groups whose son is the same age that goes to a school a few blocks over, a different high school, and their son is on... A, a few months ago, the last time I saw these parents... We're on almost a daily, if not every other day, suicide watch with their son, oh because this because the, because the 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 bullying was incessant, 
the support from the teachers was was not there as a policy to understand how to deal with this and navigate it in a sensitive way and i was like these are the same families and kids and community that i live in in the same general area like literally um within eight city blocks there are the two schools and i was dumbfounded with that information which made me realize the importance of soji even more i mean and i know there's a lot of misinformation about soji and a lot of concern and questions and i have I can answer any questions and kind of go over my perspective of it and my experience with it. We actually, we absolutely will. But come on, Brad. I mean, seriously, why the hell do we have to change the laws for your one kid? Come on. <laughs> True. Well, I think that uh, as, a, as, as a nation, Canada to me, I mean, I, I can't think of a better place to live. I like to believe that we ha- we celebrate equality for everybody, for all of all diversities. And when you say equality for all, it doesn't mean except for these people. Um, there's enough evidence, there's enough facts to, to, bet, to, to show that transgender people are real, they're born that way. Um, and gender identity is a spectrum. It's, it's hard for people who've never heard of it to really wrap, wrap their mind around it. Mm-hmm. But these, these are real people. They're your neighbors, coworkers, classmates, um, and they need to, the same protections as guys like me, which is a straight white man with blonde hair and blue eyes that I've never had to worry about the same types of discrimination that other people have. And it's my responsibility to have that voice and stand up for people, I think, that don't have those same rights yet. That's a fantastic answer. Um, before, when you were talking about like the three different stances people take, either they like understand and accept the trend like uh gender identity differences or they are kind of in the middle and don't really know or they um are on the opposite side do you ever find people that are against not like people like anything other than the you know man and woman binary who genuinely like like think that that is like the science backs that up and that you know like, that's just how it is. Like, do you find that there are people that just genuinely think that that's actually how it is? Like, that don't support trans people? Yeah, mean? yeah. Um, I, in the beginning, it was easy for me to get emotionally and drawn into debates, and then they go nowhere because people build their defenses up, yeah. and then they, whatever. But I found that when you when you start to listen to, to people, um, and I'm, I have respect for people who, who, who are religious and who go to church because um, we live in a country that, that recognizes freedom of religion. I have no problem with that. I only have a problem with it when it's used as a, a weapon and a shield to attack people like myself or my family or families like mine. Um, so I, when, I, when I engage in people in mature civil discussion and we share a real conversation, I find that most people are very accepting and they'll lower their defenses and they'll open their minds and their hearts. Um, so I, I haven't really found people. I have, I've seen a lot of people that had questions and were, and were concerned that might have originally supported only a marriage between opposite sex people yeah. that have now since opened their, their mind and their hearts to same-sex marriage. Um, and are slowly learning. Like uh, people of all ages, all backgrounds are, are starting to realize that that people are born with all different types of diversities. And one of those diversities is that people are born with their brain hardwired to be a different gender than their body is. And yeah. they're learning that. And you only learn that through education and through following where the medical 
in the scientific community are going, you don't learn that by listening to um, pseudoscience and, yeah. and fake news, right? I'm going to interrupt here. I'm, I'm just going to say, maybe we should just switch the word here because I understand what you mean when you say you're learning. But as we had with Dr. Drance, the proper word would be you're discovering because you don't actually learn your sexuality. You discover it, right? Correct. It's not something you can learn because if you say learn, your opponents are going to say right away, oh, well, you just learned to be gay. You just learned to be trans. You can unlearn it. Right. Yep. So I think this well, is, it's, it's very it's like important to point that out. How I, until I was 18 years old, I thought I was straight. Like, I, I just never even questioned it. And like, looking back, everyone who I was attracted to of the same gender, I hated because... Like, it, that's just how my I was able to cope with it. And mm -hmm. then when I was 18 and I was no longer religious, I took those barriers down. I was like, oh, girls are attractive. <laughs> you mean you hated me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not getting that, That's just getting strange. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, you, you heard our episode with uh, Dr. Drance and Dr. Ray. How, how, did you, uh, how did you like it? Did you feel that we brought some uh, good information for the public? I think so. Yeah, I, it was nice to it was a nice breath of fresh air to to, to hear a discussion and information that was actually based in real the real world in reality and science and medical um, advancements on what gender identity is, what it means to be transgender, and the need for um, policies and laws to be changed in order for these people to not be discriminated and live a normal life like everybody else gets to. So you know, it was really good. Fantastic. Yeah, one of the one of the arguments of people who uh, are still stuck in some kind of a time and gender warp is that they are against the SOGI program because they feel that it's going to influence other children to suddenly become gay, to suddenly yeah. become transgender, mm -hmm. and it's just you know when you apply reason to it, just logic, you can't understand how anybody could hold that view so that now their children are at risk because they're being educated or they're being, you know, about how the world is, about how to treat other people, about how to, to love and respect people, you know, because of their diversity. But yep. no, it's their straight children who are at risk and they begin to to look at um, transgender children and gay children as being, you know, um, people that could infect yes, their yes, infect children. Mm -hmm, yeah. And yeah. it's, how, how can you say my kid is okay, but your kid isn't just yeah. because that child is different? It's just it's a, a dichotomy yeah. that leads to so much hatred. I, I'm sorry, a, a, it sounds a, to me you know, like these kids are already infected by their parents. Yeah, exactly. Like not, the, not, yeah. The, not the trans or the gay kids. I'm talking about the parents who have the problem. Those, they're already yeah. infecting their kids with a bad attitude. The, the yeah. problem yeah. Is, and, and is your son able to process? I mean, such a young age still. Are you able to help him process what's going on? I mean, from what you were saying before, he hasn't been bullied, so he's not experienced it. But is he is he understanding? You know, the the different attitudes, or is that still well, difficult for him? I shield him from what I can outside of school. He doesn't experience any bullying at school. He, oh, that's um, great. The only bullying he experiences is from the adults the adult bullies wow yeah. um, they're the ones that that harass him on social media they're he's, brave he's yeah. not on social media a lot but they so they out him for him though they out him they they talk about me and they basically say brad dirks and your daughter is what they say yeah. they don't uh, they won't acknowledge him as my son 
Um, they continue to gender shame him, um, which actually is borderline illegal um, under B- Bill C-16, which protects people who are transgender and gender identity from hate speech and discrimination. And when you gender shame somebody, it falls under that exact same protection. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfair. I, I understand it. But still, you know, if if I'm a parent and someone bullies my child, mm-hmm. you know, I come to the defense. But then would I ever bully someone else's child and think it's perfectly okay? Yet in their minds, that's that's okay. Yeah, exactly. It, here's here's an analogy that I like to give people when they, when they're talking about soji and worried about if it's going to turn their straight child gay or turn their 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 child into somebody who's going to question their gender and want to switch. Um, soji is not being brought in to to give anybody special treatment or give them treatment over somebody else. It's almost what I would explain as being the last piece of the puzzle of a group of people who have continually been ignored because if you go back in time, we have policies in place that deal with people with different visible minorities, races, ethnic backgrounds, and religions. And there's policies in place in school to deal with bullying and discrimination about those types of things. They've been there for a long time. More recently, if you go into any school, take a look in the bathroom, you're going to see a bigger stall for people who are in a wheelchair or who are physically challenged. Exactly. You're going to see wheelchair ramps and accommodations. And those were brought in a long time ago because some people have to get around in a wheelchair. Does that mean that your son or daughter who goes to school is going to be somehow in a wheelchair because they're friends with or learning that schools are becoming inclusive for people who are physically disabled or have physical challenges? Boom. Absolutely not. Then, more recently, neurodiversities in people on the autistic spectrum. You know, these kids with different learning disabilities and and different degrees of autism used to be put in special ed classes and separated from um, students who didn't have those. There are more and more being integrated in regular classrooms because they can learn the same and they can learn, they just learn differently in a different way. Um, We've made schools more inclusive for them. And you didn't see too many parents up in arms and coming home saying, well, if my kid learns about autistic kids, what if my kid starts to go autistic? (laughs) Not an argument you hear about. in that, it's interesting because when I, I went to school to work with people with disabilities so mm-hmm. um, when when they were integrated into schools they integrated them in a way that you couldn't tell which kid had the disability if it wasn't like visible right like they didn't have this massive like oh this kid needs help it was like uh, the assistant would help everyone but just keep an eye on that one kid and yep. make sure they had the help they needed yep so, so it, we have yeah. all these policies. We have, you know, we have more and more um, awareness of indigenous um, cultures and, and, and respect being brought into all our schools for, for um, in, indigenous people because we're more and more doing the right thing, I think. And we have LGBTQT people and at the very kind of and we've accepted. And I think that the gay and bisexual and and lesbian, which are the, the few of those acronyms, they've 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 done lots of work over the last few decades and made strides. And there's still lots of work to be done, obviously. And unfortunately, the trans youth and the gender identity um, segment of people are kind of taking the brunt of most of the assault lately. Um, but. They're, they're fighting the same fight for that same kind of e- inclusion, equality, and just to be acknowledged for who yeah. they are. And, they are. and they'll question, why does this have to be taught in school? It's not a course. It's the fact that y- somebody's kid is going to start kindergarten, and they might have two moms or two dads. How in the world does that child 
make friends, have a birthday party, and start to bring friends over mm-hmm. when they're made to feel that their family is less than or, or not exactly. talked about. Exactly. How do they socially relate? Exactly. Yeah. So this is about teaching people about a reflection of the communities and society we live in, and schools should represent that and be a mirror image of that. It shouldn't shame people who are part of that community and not talk about it. It's not a curriculum or a course. It's an openness of inclusivity of, of everybody in the school. And again, the LGBTQT people um, in schools are kind of the last piece of the puzzle being added to this to create a full inclusive environment in schools. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, well, they can't pick on the gays anymore, so now they have to pick on the trans, right? That's exactly. exactly it, right? Um, I'm curious. Do you, do you find that the shift towards the cultural like the, our culture kind of targeting transgender people when do you find that that kind of happened I think that with um, with reality TV shows like I Am Jazz and Caitlyn Jenner it opened up a lot of dialogue and discussion but sometimes reality TV show in all forms is usually goofy yeah. and, it, and if you watch Survivor it, that's goofy. If you watch Big Brother, it's goofy. The people that are on these shows are performing and acting for the camera too, and they only and they they take so much footage. They only air stuff that's going to be talked about around the water cooler. So mm-hmm. when you have a when you have a transgender celebrity like Caitlyn Jenner, um, that person's TV show might sensationalize what it means, and it might become more of a joke or yeah. goofy. And then people who don't not, don't know that much about it, that becomes their only conduit to learn, and that's does the transgender community I think a disservice overall but the silver lining is it's got people talking it's got people um, having discussions like this but it does give ammunition to the anti-trans kind of movement to really paint a a bad picture in the same in the same vein though it's also a a a weapon that can help because I remember for example um there was a lot of anti-gay propaganda for the longest time until you had shows like Glee coming on TV and it was very acceptable and very popular. And all of a sudden, it, 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 that peak, you know, just reach and boom, everything just fell into place. You know, yep. the, the gays were, yeah, it's totally fine. Nobody cares now anymore. And I think the same, the same will happen to the trans population as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I mean, Ellen, I think, was one of the first TV celebrities yes. to come out. And then we had Will and Grace. And we had, and a lot of these sitcoms and TV shows had like the token gay person on it or whatever. And I think over time, when younger people in their 20s are starting to watch sitcoms and then they get older and they have kids, people just become more um, open-minded and more accepting of everything. And it's Definitely. not an issue yeah. anymore. Accepting, that's the word that I always try to use. Accepting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you've been the... You've been the pretty public there and you've made some pretty powerful enemies if I can say that uh, what you guys might not know is we actually have a clip on one of the people that uh, this is their strategy for beating you Brad okay you ready to hear it yes <laughs> okay to crush your enemies see them turn them before you they hear a lamentation of their women that was actually from the culture guard itself. <laughs> exactly. So, in, in, it. with your work with the other parents, um, it sounds as though you have a, a, a pretty good situation at, at your school. You have a lot of support in working with the other other parents. Do you find that their the teachers and the principal in their schools are as supportive, or are there still some problems um, in, in in school in other schools and different neighborhoods? I think that 
it depends on the neighborhood, the city. Like we won the lottery. When you think about it, we we were in Canada. We're in British Columbia. Absolutely. We're in a city that is really, really, in my opinion, progressive. And we're at a school that's really um, supportive. But for other kids, it's not the same. And I think that when you have, I think it dates back to when Bill C-16 was passed, which gave transgender and people with different gender identities um, protection under the law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need a policy in a school like SOGI 123 to protect not only the students and the teachers and staff who identify in, in one of those communities, but they also need it for to protect themselves from liability. Because... If a teacher doesn't have the resources and the tools and the training to address a situation properly, and let's say my kid went to a school that maybe wasn't so supportive, and I found out about it, I could sue the school or the school board or the school district for um, not dealing with something properly if this is law and they didn't have proper training. This school districts in the province sees this as a way to have... Um, policies and procedures in place to deal with things as they might unfold. It's there to protect the teachers and the schools as well, right? Mm. Um, can, I, um, can I jump in here? Yeah, it's, for sure. I, I would. Is it like how we were talking earlier when um, people with disabilities were integrated into schools? Like how then the teachers and the support staff needed to figure out how they were going to hand, how they were going to work with these new students and like not have them be bullied and discriminated against? I would say so. I mean, I think that that people that are LGBTQT generally aren't, they're not visibly identifiable. Definitely, As yeah. much as somebody that might have a physical disability that's obvious or somebody that might have a neurodiversity that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. And I know that... Um, kids like mine and and the people that I know and other families I know they're not they don't want to be sitting in a classroom and have the teacher point to them and say we're going to talk about this today and we have one in the class like yeah well it doesn't in, work in, the thing is um, in in any school you like that wouldn't be okay for no anyone. for sure yeah so I think it's more of a matter of um people want to know that the family unit they're part of mm-hmm. whether it's two moms or two dads and again it it's more broad there, there's an attack on this policy saying that they're not allowed to use the word mom and dad anymore that's not the case they're just opening up to more talking about parents and guardians in general mm-hmm. because you have a kid in the class that might might be living in a foster home um maybe they were kicked out maybe their parents were killed in a car accident for you know f- some tragedy like that and then out comes father's day everybody okay we're gonna do father's day cards for your dads today well if you're a kid who has two moms or lives in a foster home or lives with your grandparents that's pretty that that's a really tragic thing for that kid so it's more opening up the wording and the and the language we're using to make kids like that feel included so if it's maybe father's day we're gonna do a card for your dad or your guardian or your granddad mm-hmm. or, or, like or one of your parents role model in your life exactly and and they twist and turn that information saying, we're not allowed to use the word dad anymore, or we're not allowed to use the word mom anymore, or male or female. It is not the case that is complete fabrication. It's more opening up the language we're using to be inclusive of all the different yeah. scenarios that these and kids are re- living realizing with. realizing that the family unit isn't just one man, one woman, and their 1.2 kids. Exactly. There was, there was a kid a couple years ago um, at, just at my kid's school. I'm just trying kids. That sounds really sick. <laughs> Point two. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh no, worries. I, I was. It made me think of a, one of the one of my younger son's um, friends lost his parents um, or lost his mom in a car accident, and he and she was a single mom with a boyfriend. And I thought, and I knew that he he ended up going to live with his grandparents, and it, it was apparent that you know on a Father's Day or a Mother's Day, 
you know, things like that in elementary school, um, if we can, if we can make the language a little bit more loving and inclusive and supportive of all different family units and situations, these kids can build their confidence rather than tear it down. Yeah. Mm. It's so difficult. What you were saying before, once someone, for, for instance, take the, the, the different pronoun uses when people start objecting to, um, how the pronouns can be, uh, tra- you know, how you can be flexible mm-hmm. with the use of pronouns in order to, to make people feel accepted and so forth um, that uh, uh, what happens is that those who begin to hate or who are haters and begin to express their opinions they begin to present that as as a manipulation and as those people are now trying to get us you know to accommodate to them when they're really the perversion and we're the straight people and we shouldn't have to change because of them when it starts getting to that level and the the parents begin to think that way it's very difficult i would imagine to untangle you know why actually the, the use of mom and dad and how it's difficult for children who are not in a two parent home you know but to try and untangle what the the uh, the, the, the protesters are saying at that point how do you, how do you deal with some of that misinformation because it really gets implanted so um, um, uh, like cement in in their minds are you are you asking Brad what kind of a plan he has to fight that I'm asking I what, come on shows like this yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly no, that actually works yeah because people <laughs> when people have closed minds and they're saying something that's that's absolutely not what reality is yeah, how are understand. you how are you finding I, to approach that to try and get them perhaps to a, a little more uh, understanding of what's going I, on i think i try to talk to people that it's not us and them and it's not i don't really like i mean i'm not part of the lgbtq2 plus community um although i'm it's in my family i'm i like to think of us as all part of one community and that we're made up of all shapes and sizes and differences and diversities and interests. And we generally all watch Netflix at nighttime and go to the bathroom <laughs> and eat sushi and do the same general things. Who, who we love and who we are inside and if that differs from how we were born with our physical bodies, uh, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we, we treat each other with respect and dignity and we should be allowing young people to learn at a young age so that they don't get prejudices and and hate into the, you know passed down so that they we don't want a, another generation of adults growing up where they don't like people because of the color of their skin or because they're gay or because yeah. women don't deserve the same right like yeah. that's just past that's yeah. the past. we have to move forward from that these pe- these people are the same ones that back in the fifties would have made the excuse that oh my god a black man and a white woman getting married that's against whatever right it's, mm-hmm. it's the same it's, it's the same kind of for lack of a better term, retards that are here today well, making those points. I, I think your your comment about the retards is, is really good. Um, well, I'm still having trouble understanding the opposition or backlash to using terms like, could you have your parent or guardian please contact us instead of saying, hey, can you have your mom contact us? Yeah, but well, you, what, what's, wrong with, what's wrong with asking for, hey, could you have your parent or guardian please contact us? I... There isn't a problem because as speak and a little bit of backtracking here, um, going through school, my dad, um, I've been told he was a wonderful person, but he went back to uh, another woman uh, before my first birthday. 
So I grew up not knowing him. So I suppose, so whenever it came around to an elementary school, Father's Day, oh, we're going to do Father's Day cards, anything like that. I would always do it for my grandpa. Yeah. Because that was accepted. I was raised by my grandparents. He was really the only male role model I had. Well, I, and I'm trying to figure out the opposite because I've heard the opposition. I, I've watched some of the some of the videos of people opposing these ideas, and it really bothers me because 40 years ago, when I was in school, back in the 80s in Ontario, I don't remember this opposition. I remember the teachers using parent or guardian. They didn't specify, and it was actually led at that time not to specify because there were children who came from split families or different families, or maybe their parents were dead, and you didn't want to hurt those kids. So let's just use a generic term and make everybody feel included. And this is what I understand Soji to be. Uh, Can we please change the way we're treating people Include these children. Include them as people. Scott, if if you remember the show we did with Dr. Drance and Dr. Ray, she said, first of all, it's a a question of culture. And our culture has this binary look on gender, which, of course, was promoted by, by, by the religion, right? And this is one of the reasons why we were fighting this. It was the, it's, it's it's time to change. It's I know, time to grow up. People. But as as but the older generation, which is the more religious one, disappears slowly but surely. <laughs> eventually, it's going to be more much more accepted. And we'll yes. live in Star Trek world. <laughs> well, you want to know something? They had something going. I mean, why is this so hard for people to accept? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Kev. I th- I think one of the obstacles that um, the major the hardcore opponents have is they think that tr- being a transgender person isn't really being transgender when they're a kid they call it they constantly call it gender dysphoria yes and that's that's the, that's the key word they throw around um, to confuse people now gender dif- you you can have gender dysphoria but not be a transgender person mm-hmm. you might be a young person who maybe has something going on that you question something you're confused you're not sure well you don't go to your parents and your parents just don't flip a switch and you change your gender because you have gender dysphoria it doesn't work that way you would go through a long-term assessment process with your family doctor with a psychologist and with a team at the children's hospital and all acting independently but working together they would identify whether you in fact are a transgender person or not if it came to that so there's actual doctor's reports psychologist reports yeah and several several stages not yeah yeah. and some people who are transgender people don't ever suffer from gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. gender dysphoria is the anxiety you feel when who you identify on the inside doesn't match the sex you were given at birth and it can be temporary or it can be long term and you can be dealt with through counselors or through um, counseling if and it generally is just a temporary thing it's like we uh, yeah, straight people have anxiety and depression for different reasons for crying out loud like we all deal with ups and downs in our life and when you're obviously dealing with that in the very beginning stages the anxiety has a name and that's what it's called um, statistics show and studies have shown and I'm talking about peer-reviewed real ones um, that when trans youth are supported by their families and their schools and generally their friends their social circle um, their depression and anxiety levels and suicide rates or suicide attempt rates plummet to those as of the exact same as non-trans youth. That's so, so there's absolutely the evidence shows that when there's support 
and and they're connected with all the tools and resources and the, with their medical and community and, and everything's in place they're exactly the same there isn't this high degree of suicide that that people talk about when there's support in place and inclusion mm-hmm. it's only when schools you know aren't include aren't supportive and parents aren't supportive and then this hate gets into their psyche and they hear about what's Ouch. going on that is what increases the 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 depression and the yes. anxiety and that's what yeah. leads to suicide imagine that concept if we support the people in their lives then the suicide rate goes down yeah what a concept i mean I it's so complex it's rocket science for crying <laughs> out loud no I mean, and obviously I- obviously these people at culture what do they call the culture guard? They can't handle that concept. Well, no, no, I mean, they tell people, um, and and the opponents tell people that a kid will l- learn about what it means to be transgender or gender or identity at school because of soji, and they'll come home and be like, "Mom, I think I'm a boy now." And then but, but somehow the you'll is, just take them to the pharmacy it, and buy them if you the don't, hormones. If you don't feel like you're a different gender, you don't like like for me. I'm not like, okay, I want to go be a boy. Like, no, no. I like my dresses. <laughs> I like being feminine. Yeah. I like having like doing. <clears throat> expressing myself very feminine like mm-hmm. and like yeah i'll have days where i wear like baggy clothes but like that doesn't mean that i feel like a boy no <laughs> and, or, or and, but even, how you even, express yourself is an individual thing and however you want to express yourself is your business if it comes to the point where you actually want to change yourself again that's not something they take lightly no they, they put you through psychological and doctors and yep. testing and layer after layer to find out what's going on and they may find that yeah in fact you are not the gender that you should be and of course right? it's even more in, in the enraging when people use gender dysphoria because it's used as a uh, to point out that somehow there'd be something wrong with a person yeah, yeah they, it's a mental wrong. issue they paint it as a mental illness and huh. it's not a mental it's illness men- no it's, it's a condition, it's mental condition that's temporary it, because it's in the DSM-5 oh it's a mental condition like it's I, a right. mental I, I disorder I get so angry at this whole this whole thing we're discussing I'm listening to your story and I'm just just oozing anger like i want to lash out at these people there's the question i have right now how do you do it how do you remain professionally calm because i see a professional calm in you well as a parent i'm i'm a parent and if it was happening to my child i would be freaking right out <laughs> well when my kid came to me and he he brought a journal um, and he handed a journal to his mo- mother and myself, and we were downstairs watching Netflix. I think it was Breaking Bad or something, and th- and that's that, that's the truth. And then he, I, we got this journal, and it had a few pages of very confusing feelings. And you know that's personal. I won't get into what was written, but it, but it prompted us to be like, okay, we need to go and make a doctor's appointment because we need to seek professional help. We don't know, and we know you need help. So we went and saw our family doctor, and she's got plaques on the wall she's a general practitioner she's a obstetrician and a gynecologist and she's very smart what she does and she said let's start with a counselor who specializes in working with lgbtq youth went there a couple times a week week after week month after month long term they slowly mapped out feelings that dated back to when he was in grade two three things like that that started to point in the direction that maybe you might be a transgender person but this counselor was not qualified to make that assessment but said at the end of this thing here's a big long map we did it's a timeline things are pointing that direction you take this back to your doc your doctor and see what she says 
We'll go back to the family doctor. She says, let me put you on the wait list for the program, the transgender program at the BC Children's Hospital. They're the experts. They have a whole department devoted to trans youth and working with trans health. We go there. In that program, they say, okay, you need to identify socially transition, like who you are with how you want to present and who you are for a year in school before we do anything as far as take you on as a patient and consider future options. So you do that for a year and then you're seeing a psychologist and you're seeing, you're going back and visit. It's a very, very long-term process. And then at the end of it, the psychologist, the team at the children's hospital and your family doctor all need to give a thumbs up or a green light that you are in fact who you say you are to all come together to be then, okay, you are a transgender person in the eyes of the law, basically. It's not and done it's, on a whim. It's not done on a whim. No, <laughs> and it is mega trips to the children's hospital, to, to, to psychologists that aren't cheap. Um, you, you, can, you can get some of it paid for through medical if you want to wait six months to get in to th- see the psychologist, or you can pay 200 bucks an hour and get in you know, relatively sooner because it's not all covered really quickly. So it's a very long-term so, process, and, and it's thorough, and it catches any kid who might be suffering from something else Met, say a mental illness or a short-term depression or a condition or something any other underlying issue it's caught during that process so it, it's so so what i what i'm asking about how do you deal with the negative the negative feedback you're getting from adults i i would be so angry he comes on I, our I show and vents. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and, and and seriously like you you seem so calm and and you've got a direction you're going in and yeah. you seem like I said, a professional calm. And if I saw my child going through that negative aspect of it, where they're being mistreated by adults, mm-hmm. by people who should know better, I would be so angry. I wouldn't know how to deal with it. Well, in the beginning, I took everything personally. When I first started coming out and doing a newspaper interview or a radio interview, because with everything you do, um, you get a lot of support, but then there's always people who have extra time in their day to come and hate you <laughs> and say stuff publicly when they don't know you. And I would be like, oh, and you know, and you know, in the relationship that I'm in right now, she would be like, you're, this is weighing on you. You know, all this stuff is weighing on you. Everything you do, there's like 90% positive and support, but then there's that 10% that gets you down mm-hmm. and yeah. then you and yeah. then you get and then I, I'm part of a, a group of um, called BC Families for Inclusivity which is largely a, a closed Facebook group but a group of real people where we chat and get together and do things and you know you get a lot of support from them and, and we learn what works and what doesn't work and what really doesn't work is debating these people on social media or online or reading what they say about you um, what really works is continuing to do things that make meaningful lasting change and I believe in, in, in supporting Soji, that that's one of those things. And um, that's why my, I was championing and supporting the, the Safe Place initiative as well. That kind of got brought into, through the, proved through the RCMP as well. Because those are the things that are really going to make a difference. Not debating and arguing people that have their minds made up. Well, especially awesome. when the people you're debating <laughs> that, that want to debate and are antagonistic toward you aren't the people who are ever going to have their minds changed. No. Like, that's true. those aren't okay. the people you're trying to trying to bring over no they generally throw these big rallies and they have donation bins and they're looking for financial mm-hmm. contributions from their followers and they have gofundme pages that they're trying to raise money and they use this hate to stir up from their supporters that somehow by giving them money they're gonna yeah. take away soji and strip away the rights of these people and while i do it i'm gonna buy you know, a car you're you're, <laughs> yeah. you're you're exactly the kind of parent that 
we need more of in this world. You have a child and you love that child because of who that child is. Not that there's a gender or there's a color or there's a thought or whatever, but it's your child. And the best thing you can do for your child is to support him, to love him, and to guide him in ways that that he can grow into the best kind of human being that he can be. And that's what all parents should be. And the fact that you are subject to hate for doing that and are coming out of it saying, I don't really care what they say. I know who I am. I know who my child is. Mm -hmm. I know who my my family is. And that's what I'm all about. And maybe that sense of calm comes from that in that your core values are absolutely rock solid. And you're, you're able to give your child a role model and this is how we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it with support, and we're going to get through it together. And I, I commend you. I really, I really yeah, do. If there were more Brads in this world, there'd be a lot of, he, a lot he, of wonderful people I'm very uncomfortable with compliments so like that, because <laughs> yeah. I, I do my instinct as being Papa Bear, and yeah. I think that the common ground I would have with, if there's any parent listening who is let's say on the opposite end of the spectrum and doesn't yeah. agree with me we can find the common ground that we both do anything for our kids and if your kid was being bullied or picked on for something that was different about them you'd feel the exact same way about this as I do and that's exactly. where we can find a way to meet but you do meet. it you, yeah, you, well, you, yeah, you stay in there and do it when I go to support groups yeah. with other parents yeah. who, of trans youth where they're, maybe their, their, their child is just coming out and things like that it's mostly me and mums and the moms will be very emotional. Often the dads or their husbands won't come because they're they're they are trying to have they have that gender role of being the yeah. man, and yeah. they won't. They find it hard to come and beat and get down. This they yeah. really go into denial. When I go, then they go home and say there was a dad there. Come next time. Yeah, guys. And, and I up, go there. Step and up I, there, please, guys. And, yeah, and I have five dads there. Yeah. That's where yeah. I don't go to support groups because I need support. I, I've always, I was supportive of my kids since day one. I, I never needed help, but I know other families do and, and I know dads do. And it's oh. unfortunate that's where we're at, that dads do more than moms, but that's But you're making that what positive I try to, change. Okay, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt here because I'm looking at the time here. Uh, quick, quick, quick question before uh, we move on because I want you to move on about the program. Okay, uh, that you've been doing in Langley about the, uh, incorporating the businesses in the fight. The yes, space. the safe space program. The safe space. But yeah. a quick question about coal. Yep. Uh, you said that you've got uh, some stuff that pointed out. He started having those feelings in grade two. Yes. And now he's in uh-huh. grade. 11. 11 now, but grade so, 9. When so he's, he's been holding on to that for a long time, obviously. Yep. And he, uh, si- since he's uh, doing the transition, and he's cold, yep. uh, he's a much happier person, yes? Oh, totally, yeah. Perfect. Yep. Okay, moving on. That matters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good so so, so right now you've been you've been doing some work with uh, the RCMP and the local businesses in Langley. Can you tell us about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, there was an article in the Langley Advance that came out that, that got, gave me and, and Stacey Wakeland a little bit more credit than we deserved, and the opponents pounced on it, and again, I, I would love to take credit for it. <laughs> um, I'd have, I did, I can't take any credit in it. What the truth is, is that um, I knew about the program in Vancouver, it was the first city in Canada to have a safe place program. And what, what this stems from is that 
if you are a person who's picked on, harassed in our community, whether it be somebody who's small or somebody who's just looks like somebody that somebody would pick on or even a woman who's picked on by a man, you can duck into any business or public place and the chances are you're going to get support because you're just a human being. Historically, the LGBTQT community, when they were being harassed and picked on verbally or physically, they didn't have that same confidence when they duck into any public space because a lot of the time those businesses would turn around and kick them back out. Um, that's just the fact. That's just the reality of it. So because of that, Seattle created the Safe Place program to show people that might be feel that they're being bullied or harassed physically or verbally. They had a, they could visually see a store that had the training, that knew what how to deal with that situation. So you could duck in there for a safe haven. They would phone the police and the police were trained to come there and knew how to deal with it in a sensitive manner, whether you were gay or lesbian, bisexual or transgender person. Uh, that program was bought to Vancouver. I felt a need for it in my community. Obviously, I'm in Langley where some of these um, quote-unquote hate groups are are, are, for, are in. So I, I said, how do we get this in Langley? How does the RCMP get this? I didn't know that E-Division in Surrey, which passes all these types of programs for all the RCMP, were already in the process of approving this in December. And in January, they approved it for all cities in BC, for all RCMP oh, detachments. that's so cool. So every single that RCMP detachment cool. in BC got a memo, got the email that it's approved. Now, all RCMP detachments and all communities have different things going on and different programs and priorities. So if nobody's brought it to their attention or showed their, a need, then it might sit on the back burner for a few months until they get around to it. Me and Stacy were like in, in, in Langley saying, hey, we feel that there's a need for it. There's a demand for it um, with a lot of businesses we know. And we see there's a lot of students that see what's going on and really think that this is important. I know kids that go to the rec center nearby and would love to see that and know that they're, it's a safe place and a welcoming place. So it just happened to be when we brought it to their attention, they were like, it's already here. We're already bringing it. And we basically were like, sweet, well, how can we help? And that's why we were kind of in the news with them. But we had zero to do with bringing it to the RCMP or to Langley. We, we just happened to be looking for, for that at the time when it, was, when it was being rolled out. Well, I was absolutely amazed, though, because one day when it was on the, on the local papers and in the comment section, there was a lot of people like tacking you for bringing this program. So yep. people even saying, well, I'm not going to shop in those businesses that support equality. Yeah, Dude, you know what? What are you saying here? <laughs> two days ago. What kind ago, of idiot are you? Two days ago. One of uh, a friend's a friend of mine who works at a credit union in Langley, a, a woman walked in and handed a two-page piece of hate propaganda that said in bold letters at the bottom, "Don't like fall for the LGBTQT agenda. Don't get the rainbow flag sticker." And the whole it's two pages of lies and misinformation yes. about everything, and it was ugly to read. It was hurtful to read, and it's basically saying to the business community, if you get that sticker, we'll boycott you and we won't do business with you anymore. All because the business says we would, we will help you if you run into trouble in our community. And then you have some of these horrible people that are causing all the problem saying, well, I was in Langley the other day having a latte and I didn't see any problems. And it's like, it's people like you and your group and what you're causing that's creating the need for this, which is the irony. And they don't see, see that. You know, they, they don't understand that, you know, equality is a good thing. Inconceivable. Yeah. So hopefully we don't ever need a young person or, or uh, you know, an adolescent or an adult need to duck into a business because they're being physically or verbally harassed because of their gender identity or their sexual orientation. That would be I would hope not in, in, in any of the lower mainland communities. But it, it 
it's there for for businesses who want to show support and show that they're going to take that role. There's a little responsibility involved because they need to say, yeah, if you are where you come in here and we will make sure that we get the police here to deal with this properly. It's not just here's a sticker because we support your community. There's more to it than that. So I don't expect every business to opt into this because not every business is prepared to do what it takes to do that for somebody, right? Well, I mean, so, how hard could it be as a business? Somebody walks in, they're in, they're in distress, they're being pursued by some bunch of idiots, pick up the phone, call the cops. Yep. You know, lock the door if you have to. And can you imagine how if you were one of, like a child like mine or, or somebody else who went into a business who is a supporter of the other side, who happened to be advocating to not have Soji and not have these decals, and you walk into their business, that would be a, a, you know, a very, very unfortunate situation for somebody, which again, shows the need for it. And, uh, and that's just where we're at right now. You know, Why do we need a rainbow crosswalk in different communities? Yeah. The very people that say, why do we need this? And, and they put their tires and they spin out on them. Yeah. That's why we need them. When one day nobody has a problem with them, then maybe we don't need them anymore because the fact that nobody puts up a fuss, okay, we finally arrive where we don't need to have it anymore because we we live in a world where nobody's complaining about them, yeah. right? Those are the same idiots I'll say, well, how come I don't have a street pride parade? You know? <laughs> Every day of your life. Yeah, is pretty much. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. these are the same people. Uh, Brad, is, if, for, for our audience out there, you know, uh, you've been talking about a lot of stuff uh to people that are listening about uh, this tonight, mm-hmm. what words of encouragement, what word of wisdom and advice would you want to give them? Well, I would say that um, if if you're uncertain or have questions or concerns or your mind isn't made up um, one way or another, then to seek credible information. You know, there's 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 all kinds of information out there that's credible. And there's all kinds of information out there that's designed to misinform. I bet you get a whole bunch well, of them that are misinformed. Huh? I, there's this organization um, that's frequently quoted, and they're called the uh, the American College of Pediatricians. Ah, we talked about this. So it sounds legit. It's made to sound legit Absolutely. for the It's like, it's like the Family people. Research Council. That's right. It sounds awesome. It's like, oh, wow, you're a hate group. <laughs> yes. It, uh, and I have a, just, just to let people know that they are a conservative advocacy group with Judeo-Christian tr- traditional values, which isn't necessarily inherently bad, but they're, they were only founded in 2002 and there's only 500 members and their whole agenda is basically to not support LGBTQT. Um, rights. Um, and we have what's called the American Academy of Pediatricians. They were actually founded in 1930, and they have over 64,000 members. And of all those pediatricians and members of that, they are all on board with transgender and gender identity yeah. treatment for youth and children. The and, AAP and is the real organization. Yep. And then the, the college is not. And, well, and there's an American College of Physicians which is dates back even farther to 1915 and it has 150,000 members and it it's more than just pediatricians it's doctors and healthcare yeah. workers and everything now those are the two legitimate groups you'll rarely see these these hate groups or these people quote anything yeah. from those groups they'll no. always quote things from the American College of Pediatricians which is all pseudoscience and misinformation and it, lies it's kind of funny because uh, when we did our last show with Dr. Rance I was warned by actually even an atheist in our group I'm not going to name him but he basically said well you got to be careful and he passed me an opinion piece that went into the Vancouver <laughs> Sun that actually talked about the American College of Pediatri- Pediatricians yep. and uh 
Until I saw, wait a minute, hold on a sec, and you just, two minutes on Google, Psychology Today, right away, hate group. Yep. From Psychology Today. It's not even a... But if you're an unsuspecting parent, and you're busy, you're coming home from work, and you got kids going to school, and you're hearing these concerns, you don't have time to sift through fake news from real news, and it's and that's a very unassuming name. And and they do so. it in a way that it, it, it seems... Legit. Legit, yeah. Yeah, yep. and it's not. Um, if you look at all the news articles that some of these opponents will share on their Facebook groups and on social media, again, they sound very inflammatory, they sound credible, but they're basically from the same websites like Breitbart, um, <laughs> LifeSite News, Life Petitions, Stream.com or .org. These are all ultra-extreme right-wing conservative anti-LGBTQT organizations that write these pieces that look legit, but they're not legit. Um, and it's and it's unfortunate that these people know that there's credible information out there. They just choose to share ones specifically on purpose to manipulate yes. people in the community to believe this stuff, but they themselves know it's not true. Do you ever find that when you do, if you do ever bring up like the credible um, sources mm-hmm. with information on people of different um, gender identities that they're like, do you ever find people accuse like the professionals of being biased? Well, when you have somebody who believes something so devoutly and in whether it be based on how they're raised in a religion or um, some faith or they've read so many things on fake news, it's you, to get somebody to change their mind is is more about them admitting that they're wrong, and nobody likes to admit they're wrong um, about anything. So it's really yeah. tough. I found that it's easier to meet with somebody one on one or have a discussion one on one in an intelligent, civil way, and change one person's mind than it is to change a whole bunch of people's minds. Definitely, yeah. Because people don't want to admit they're wrong, and once they've got their mind made up, in order to change it, even if the facts are right there they still have to make that personal decision that, oh, I was maybe wrong. And that's a tough thing for people to do. And I and I can't begrudge people that. It, it is tough. But you're, you're a better man than I because I, w- I would say to people, go right ahead and engage these people. Now, don't be like, don't be an ass. You can engage these people politely. No, but you always bear. We're Canadian. <laughs> Politeness is our middle name. But always bear in mind. I like crowbars. The odds are, the odds are you it's won't. His name is Politeness. <laughs> the odds are you won't change that person's mind. But you're not doing it for that person. You're doing it for the people that are reading. Yes. The audience that's listening. Right. That's who you're reaching. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I realized I can't change people's minds that are that have their minds made up. I definitely can't change the extremist people's minds who have this agenda. So I focus my energies and my time on the youth and the kids. They only get one childhood. They only get one time at being a teenager. If I can support Soji in a way that opens people's minds and they get that opportunity to go to school and have a good childhood that's what my goal is and if I can help programs like Safe Places show the community these young people live in that their community is there for them then I don't really care what these 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 nasty people are talking about anymore. I'm just kind of done with it, right? Yeah. It's like what do you it's only so much mental energy I can give people that don't like yeah so you might as well focus on moving forward with something rather than running around in circles yeah and i and i'm guilty but i've done all the things wrong 
I try to learn what works and what doesn't work and I try to be better the next day and it's like a one step backwards, two steps forward type of thing. A little bit of trial and error and you find out what works, what doesn't. Yep. Brad, if people want to reach you and want to lend you their support, where can they find you? Well, I'm on, I kind of divide my social medias up differently. My Facebook page is mostly my, me personally, but you can connect with me at Brad Dirks on uh, Facebook. If you're on Twitter, Twitter is my advocacy kind of outlet. I use that mostly for, for sharing information and news about, about my advocacy work for LGBTQT youth. Um, so I'm at Brad Dirks on Twitter as well. Um, and that's, those are the two best ways to connect with me. Fantastic. Brad, there's only one thing I have to say about you, man. You're the best. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming and, and sharing so much with us. You, you you live what you say. It's not the words. You, you're really living who you are, and that's a, that's a marvelous accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We need absolutely more people like you yeah. out there, and uh, you, you're, your son... Uh, although he's not here listening, one day he's going to really appreciate that and he's going to be very proud of you and he has every reason Thank to be. Thank you. Can I say one more thing in closing? Oh, well, absolutely. Due to all this crazy stuff, one of my bucket list things, which I never thought I would do, was to do a TED Talk. And I was invited in yes. to do one and shortlisted and actually did a TED Talk in January on so this exact awesome. same subject. Oh. And I've never public spoken before. <laughs> and I it actually was edited and went online about 15 minutes before I got here today. Seriously? Oh, I know what I'm doing when I get home. It's online now. I've never seen it, and I'm like, ooh. you got to send me the link. I will. For that, so yeah. we can post it in the notes of the show. Okay. Fantastic. Brad, before I let you go, i got to have you say, hi, I'm Brad, and I took a left of the valley. Hi, I'm Brad, and I took a left of the valley. Fantastic. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. Yeah, that totally was. Oh, there's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have to have talk to our audience. They were late uh, applauding this time. Yeah, I know, it was just I know. so sad. <laughs> they were just mesmerized by everything. Yes. Brad, thank you very much. Oh no, uh, you're welcome. I'm I'm really happy to have met you and uh, Yeah. It, you it got allies me, here, man. It makes me feel very happy to be Canadian knowing that yes. there are people in our country that are are fighting for equality. Yeah. I'm like Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I don't think we'd be having the same conversation if we were in Somalia. Let's uh, just say no, that. we would if be you dead. Ever need, <laughs> you ever need a big guy with a crowbar? Shame. Name Patience. I might. Yes, the crowbar's <laughs> name is Patience. I think it was fantastic, too, that you um, you had the right doctor with the right attitude to lead you to um, the other professionals that were helpful along the way. And you didn't get dismissed and you didn't, you know, get, well, I'm sorry we can't help you. He's, this is just a phase. Yep. and so forth but it was just you know right on to be able to you know to get that path Excuse where me. you you had Fancy. that help all the way along totally you mind I'm trying to close the show <laughs> <laughs> for one it's not another, the rest of us another favorite Brad, another favorite before he closes the show Cole give him a thumbs up from us oh, yeah absolutely right on <laughs> okay guys thank you so much for listening today and uh, thank you for our bonus show that managed to keep on the rails no matter what <laughs> you can follow us at leftofthevalley.com you can follow us at, uh, on uh, Facebook on Twitter at LETV Podcast send us an email left at valley at outlooks.com send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor who keeps talking who keeps talking <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome Nancy I'm not going to go through all this this next the coming up weekend we'll be talking to Robert Stanley of the Right to Reason podcast. He's very excited to meet us. One of the best voices I've heard on podcast radio. And it's also our fourth year anniversary. Yeah. I should have a cake. Yeah. You totally should. <laughs> Guys, or cookies. I like cake. Yeah. Anything else you need to say? Guys, thank you so much. 
Hey, Harry Potter. Oh, jeez. Star Wars. Hey, <laughs> oh, the fight here. That too. Hey, why fight? They're both awesome. <sighs> Harry Potter is not the book you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Isn't real, but Jesus is. Or Zeus, Thor, or Mithra, Fish, knew you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God They get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best To keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business He loves money too much We know that they love the kids But how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them We teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that The system is broke down Working backwards in the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God's name And let me take a sec Don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind Time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.